Welcome to the road to growth, success of an entrepreneur. We've raised the bar. Learn firsthand from successful business owners and create your own path to success. I'm going to show you how great I am. It's time to hit the road to growth with team lead of the Enriquez Group, Realtor Hi, Vinny. Road to Growth listeners. Today we have Mike Sirock. I'm not going to try to pronounce the name. I'm guessing Sirocco. 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 Wow. Close enough. Close enough. So... Uh, we talked a little before we got onto uh, onto the mic. Um, I didn't realize you were in the mortgage industry or had a, a team in the mortgage industry before we talked about it. Everything that I've, I've saw about you is about mindset, about your coaching, uh, the book that you have coming out and things like that. I mean, walk me through it. I mean, what is there a synergy between basically the mindset and the, the mortgage industry or what came first? Uh, absolutely. What's up, Vinny? First of all, thank you very much for having me on here. I, I love the opportunity and I'm very humbled to be able to do this was sharing with audiences of people and, and coming on shows. So first of all, I want to thank you. And uh, man, yeah, listen, I, uh, I've been in the mortgage business since 2006. I was a real estate agent, uh, top producing real estate agent, not just a real estate agent uh, prior to that and uh, decided to get out of the, the real estate and into mortgages because I saw it was a better fit for me. And as a loan officer, I did very well, but I started to build a team and I saw the need to build people that were around me in the, in the industry and in my particular office. Uh, so my best friend and I decided to open up, start open up branches and we did that and we got up to seven branches, 40 employees and we're just booming. And, uh, you know, we, we're, we're, we have a goal to go to hundred million a month and we're on our way there. I mean, we've, we've had incremental, incremental growth. Uh, it's been amazing, but the most important thing to give you a, a quick assessment of what happened I've, I was telling my team, we got to get out there. We got to get out there. We got to become celebrities in our space. We got to make phone calls and get known locally, right? That's the wrong thing. What we needed to really do is the right thing was get be, become a celebrity in our space, but become known globally. Because if you get known globally and you have that high aim to get known globally, the local market takes care of itself. So, and what'll happen also, you get some haters and stuff too that'll weed themselves out that you don't want to do business with anyway. But that was the thing. So then I was telling them that, I said, you know what? That's wrong for me to tell them that. I need to go do it and show them that an ordinary guy can go out there and become a celebrity in the space and help people. And so that's what started the whole thing. And I started uh, going on the, what do you made of the podcast that I started? And I started going on other people's podcasts and probably have done about 300 interviews this year. Nice. Um, so a couple things to kind of take away from there. Well, first, first thing is, I mean, it's great to think big because you never know where you're going to be in five years. I think that's actually the model we attach our license on my real estate team in San Diego to Keller Williams and they had Keller Williams international. I think when they only had like two places all in like Texas, so they were kind of thinking <laughs> big before anything happened Yeah. Uh, to define, I mean, and I know this is a tough one, right? So people listening right here, you have originators, you have processors, you have underwriters, you have all that stuff, right? So you're dealing majority of the time with the originator, right? The person that is face to face with basically the realtor and the buyer. How would you define, right short short terms a uh, originator compared to a realtor what's the so, difference in pros cons that kind of thing yeah so by the way i have processors underwriters loan officers assistants i mean we have everything in here the underwriting is i hire underwriters but they they're taken care of and managed by our corporate office um but the thing is is that basically sales is sales and organization is organization and being relentless and being able to follow up and prospect and promote is universal it's just the product that you're doing and the actual service that you're providing is different. So without a doubt, it's the same thing. 
Um, I believe that real estate agents are more uh, independent and on an island than loan officers are. Um, but at the end of the day, it's, it's the same thing. And I can teach what I teach is it goes across all avenues of sales or production and actually business. So, well, well the reason why I was asking that question is because you said that you were in the real estate industry before or the real estate game before as a realtor and then got into the lending game. What, what was not in your DNA being a realtor that's in your DNA of being a lender? Does that make sense? Okay. Yeah. 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 So that's the service part. That's different. Right. So I didn't like showing people houses. Like I, that wasn't me. I'm not a guy to go around and be a tour guide and all that. And no offense to anybody that's a real estate agent. It's just not me. Now, my wife is. My wife's a real estate agent. Uh, she does it. I just didn't like doing that. And I, I thought that I would get focused more on the, the loan part of it. And then from there, building people. Because that's what really, when I wake up in the morning, Vinny, I love building people. Finding areas of people's blind spots or their areas of weakness pushing them in their strengths and then helping develop them in their weaknesses. And that's what I do every day. And that's what's formulated our team to where we are today. Along with them buying in, of course, they had to be bought in. So, so mindset, it's a really big thing. I mean, walk us through kind of where you came from, how you built this mindset. I know we talked about this, that, I mean, you come from kind of a somewhat of a rough upbringing split family, but you're going to say it better than me. Well, yeah. So, but first of all, I didn't come from the worst upbringing in the world. I know people have had it probably worse than me, but at the end of the day, I came from a broken home. I don't remember my parents ever together. I never lived in a house with them together. And well, maybe I did when I was really six months older or younger. I don't remember it. So <clears throat> all I know is I went to my dad's every other weekend. There was child support, custody battles, all that jazz going on. And it was normal to me. I didn't know any different. Well, my dad decided to get remarried and I, uh, from eight to 11, decided to live in his household. And during that period of time, there was a lot of conflict between the step parents and the, and the, everything. Just it was just a mess. And then, um, so there was a common denominator, but I won't get into that right now. But anyway, um, I decided to get out of that environment because I realized at a young age, at eleven, that it wasn't a good environment or culture to be in, um, and it wasn't conducive to where I wanted to be and growing up. So I told my mom to get get me out of there. She filed court papers, and one day I came home from school after a long time of waiting. And I remember my dad had this envelope in his hand and he's like, Hey man, go to your room. So I walked back to my room and I sat there for about five minutes probably, which felt like five hours. And he came back and he's like, Hey, it says here, you want to move back with your mom. You know, they don't have it that good there. You don't have all the stuff you have here. You've got, we got money. We do things, this and that you're going to go there and, and live with them. And what are you going to do? And I remember my mom telling me that, look, if I do this for you, you can't flip flop. You got to stick to your guns because People in life are going to talk you out of things that you believe in and that you want to accomplish, whether it's because they uh, are trying to justify where they are in life and the fact that they quit or just to justify their own means, they're going to try to talk you out of it. So stick to your guns. And Vinny, I've carried that lesson right now to my life today at 40 some years old. So well, anyway, when I confirmed and I stuck to my guns, by the way, my dad was my hero. Uh, he had a masonry business, uh, poured concrete block, all that kind of stuff. He had big forearms and real rough hands. And I always looked up to him for being a hard worker. He used to tell me every block or brick that I lay, I just saw a dollar and he would just get motivated by that. And that's something that stuck with me. And, um, and so basically when I confirmed that he always carried this wad of hundred dollar bills in his pocket with a rubber band around it. And I always looked up to him for that. And he took that out and said, okay, well, if that's the case and you want to leave here, he peels one off, crumbles it up and throws it at me and says, you're going to need this when you're living on the streets with your mother one day. And, uh, you know, I, I was 11 years old when that happened and having a hero just basically throwing the towel on you, 
normal in circumstance, I think some people would be really devastated by that. And I'm sure there was a sense of a little bit disappointment. But to me, at the end of the day, I, I got fired up inside. And I'm stubborn to a fault, and which is a strength and a weakness, of course. And I said, you know what? You're not determining my destiny. Like you're not going to take the, 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 the keys to, to where I'm going. I determined that. And so that's the first thing I thought. You're not winning. Second thing I thought was, well, there's got to be other people that are in this situation. I, I thought this was an ordinary situation. I can't be the only one. I'm going to show people that you can come from this and, and still excel at whatever you want to do. So everything I did, whether it was sports, school, work, whatever, I, I really tried to excel and hustle and just do everything I could to be the best because I always felt like his eyes were on me despite the fact that they necessarily – you know, they weren't necessarily because social media wasn't big then or anything. So coming from that, I've always had this fire inside of me that I need to prove him wrong. And so every time I achieve something, I level up. The next thing I go for, I go for something higher, and I've always done that. And that's a little backstory of where I've come from. And after that, I, I, I was always around my uncles, my grandparents. I mean, there's, there's people that are a lot of broken people, alcoholics, drug addicts. My grandmother committed suicide, like a lot of things like that that happened over the years. And I was just always around these broken people. And I, I just thought to myself, it can't, doesn't have to be this way. Like people are giving up on people. Do and you, so that's where it started. Do you ever look at that situation of the $100 bill differently as you grew up? I mean, have you looked at it differently or that situation a little differently? Well, let me clarify something. I don't hold a grudge against my father, uh, my step parents, anybody. I, like, I don't hold any grudges. At the end of the day, if I saw him today and, you know, I'd run up and give him a hug and have a beer with him. And I have had rekindled relationship for a period of time with him. <laughs> so it's not about that. I have a concept that I live by and I just became aware of this about two years ago. And it's changed my life. And then everybody that I've talked to that's implemented, it's changed their life. And it's the rocket fuel concept. And basically it means that if you take anything that happens to you in life, good, like, like, like bad stuff, like negative setbacks, difficulties, letdowns, ignorant people, discouraging people, and you can eliminate those things, you become unstoppable. Because Vinny, when you want to do something or achieve something, what stops you is not the encouraging people. It's not the wins you have and the successes you have. What stops you is all that negative stuff. So if you can find a way to eliminate it, Wait a minute, not just eliminate it, convert it into rocket fuel and store it in your tank instead of your trunk, which weighs you down. You become unstoppable and you can go into outer space. That's why I say rocket fuel because space is away from gravitational pull and all the negative suppressors that, that are coming at us every day. I'm aiming to go to space and so that I can choose my own problems to solve and not, not have to deal with other people's problems that they throw at me. And so that's my thing. And I want to, it works for me and it's, it's life changing. I heard a lot of people talk about coming back and overcoming difficulties and all that. I haven't heard a lot of people talking about turning it into rocket fuel. And that's the concept that I share with people and change lives with. So, I mean, the story, the story you tell about uh, your father kind of throwing that out. I mean, I, I see it from, from your perspective and I see how that could be a deflating thing. I mean, and from just the, the quick story, I can see it from your father's perspective too. And that can almost I mean be for people in sales too is it seemed like that he put time into you and put cost into you and money into you. And you, it, it felt like he was getting rejected by you. So mm -hmm. he didn't have the words or the ability to, to interact, to have a communication with you. And now was his only way to communicate, just saying like, right. whatever I lost. And so, yeah. I mean, and I think that's a, in the sales industry, right? I mean, a lot of people have great information yet. They don't know how to bring that information to other people. Communication, so, so, right? right? 
Yeah, exactly. I mean, it's, it's mm -hmm. a learning experience right there. Just imagine if he had the ability to communicate, if I mean to you, how, how things would have been different for you. Yeah. And again, I tell this story not to disparage my dad whatsoever, because I don't know what happened. I don't know the whole story. Yeah. All I'm doing is using it as fuel for myself to propel myself through tough times. And when things are going great to take myself to the next level, it's something that I use, like similar to uh, Tom Brady uses the fact that he was drafted in the sixth round. Michael Jordan uses the fact that the guy that uh, beat him out on the high school basketball team, he he actually invited that guy to his Hall of Fame induction ceremony, because so, he used that. So this is a this is for for me. It's something that I use as fuel, and to be honest, like the fact that my dad never reaches out to me irritates me a little bit, and the fact that I would never do that to my kids, and he's yeah. allowing someone else to stop him. It just to me, I can't process that. But again. I agree with you hundred percent and communication solves everything. Proper communication. Yeah. I mean, there's, I mean, I, I've met people in, in, in my industry and in, in that they're the smartest people around, but they're either afraid to talk to people or they're afraid to, to get the right message across. And it's like, you're like, you have so much knowledge, what's holding you back. Um, I think that's, yeah. And, and you now going off of the idea of using the rocket fuel, right. For your past and kind of pushing it forward. So is that, the idea of going away away from feeling that pain again, or is it driving you to to prove that person wrong, or how does that how does that kind of work with the, the rock yeah. deal? Well, first of all, I, I, there's so many details that I can't get into because of the, uh, you know purposes of time. But I have a book called Rocket Fuel. It just went on presale, and uh, everything is in this book. And I'll, I'll go I'll give you that website in a second, but. The, it, it has to do also it's, it's fuel. It's also, I've had setbacks in my life and I remember the feeling and I never want to feel that feeling again. So I use it for that as well. hundred percent. There's other stories that are in the book that go along with what I use as fuel and spots that I got myself into, which I, at the end of the day, have to take hundred percent responsibility for. Like at the end of the day, I can't give somebody else the control and, and, and blame other people because that's what happens when you blame somebody, you're giving them control. I got to be in complete control and ownership of everything that happens. And so this is my way to take control and ownership is to turn it into fuel and then excel to help other people. I mean, there's a, there's a thing I brought up on this podcast a lot. I mean, the, I think most people go away from the idea of fear, right? Pain mm -hmm. instead of going towards pleasure. Do you, when, when you're thinking about those, those moments, I mean, are you pushing on that rocky fuel I mean, because it seems like the rocket fuel has the ability to have pleasure in it too, because you're mm -hmm. you're looking at who you're going to be. Also, that rocket fuel has the pain, right? Of yeah. who you don't want to be or who you don't want to be around. I mean, do you ever feel like that. In different moments that you're that you're like pushing towards the the pain versus the pleasure, or how does that? Yeah, work no, I, I lo look, your questions have been great, by the way, and nobody's really dug a lot into this uh, like you're you're doing right now. So, first of all, pleasure. To me, pleasure is a sign that you're surviving, right? Pain to me is a sign that you're dying. Now, I'm talking there's two different types of pain. There's pain when you're hurt and there's pain when you're working out and your muscles are sore. So I'll, let, let's talk about pain versus soreness <laughs> because uh, I believe that when you're sore and, and or there's something that's difficult or uncomfortable, I should say, that's a, something that I lean into. Pain that's causing harm or death, I would avoid. So there's an important uh, distinction there between the two. But un being uncomfortable and not complacent, 
I lean into that hard and pleasure. Again, there's two types of different pleasures, right? There's the drinking and getting drunk and drug pleasure that you get immediately. And then, and then you go into pain. I avoid that kind of pleasure, but the pleasure that I go into hard is the kind that's longevity pleasure that, 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 that goes towards my goals or survival. So I had to break down to you, make it real simple. Everything that I think, say, and do is either going towards where I want to go, my ideal life or away from it. And so that's the distinction I have to keep things simple. I just put fuel and use this fuel things to go into the direction of where I want to go in my ideal life, which you have to be very clear and intentional about where you want to be. So do you do to accomplish this? Are you using like vision boards or are you, is it just basically meditation? Is it, is it reading? I mean, how do you accomplish this on a daily, yearly, I mean, yeah, I, I, I mean, I write my goals down all the time. I write my goals down and physically put pen to paper, not just type it in a phone or something. I have books all over the place. I read like a maniac and also, of course, vision boards. Um, I have, if you see it, it's hard to see here because of the light, but there's a rocket ship going in space. I have this, I have here, I look at all the time and remind myself where I'm going. And also uh, on my phone, which I have two of them uh, because of different reasons for uh, content, um, I have pictures of the places I want to live, the places I want to go, all that stuff. Absolutely. So I have a mixture of all of it and, uh, I'm, I'm no different than anybody else, but I'm a, I'm kind of a maniac with it. How, how do you, um, how do you refine it? I mean, with so much different avenues of kind of like perfecting of kind of who you want to be and where you want to go. I mean, how do you, how do you refine it? Is it, is it just you meditating? Do you have a, do you have a coach? Do you bounce it off your, your significant other? I mean, how does that work? Yeah. So, uh, my wife has been wonderful. I mean, supportive. We're going on 18 years of marriage. She's been awesome. I have coaches in all different realms. Um, a lot of people see me on social media or they see me different places and they think it's all me doing it by myself, but I got a team probably about 30 besides the mortgage business, uh, coaches for training, physical health, um, spiritual, um, speaking also, uh, for developing my story and business. So I have several coaches, so I use them all. I believe that you need them all, and I invest a lot of money. My team has probably invested three hundred some thousand dollars this year into uh, whether it's coaching or mentorship or development. Not everybody can do that, but and I wasn't able to do it in the past. I used YouTube and books and things like that. But as I developed and learned and started having successes, my confidence level kept going up, Vinny. And when I do that, the more money comes in. I still want to redirect money towards uh self-improvement and development and coaching because look tiger woods even had a swing coach michael jordan had a coach even the best in their fields have coaches so why what makes me think that i wouldn't want to have a coach in different areas so yes i do have coaches and by the way every single day i wake up in the morning every single day i start with gratitude because i think that gratitude for me eliminates everything to complain about and then once I'm done that, then I go into, okay, what am I going to do today? That's going towards where I want to be. And, uh, yeah. So being that you run a coaching, coaching business or mindset business, and you have coaches, uh, a question, because there's, there's so many choices out there, right? With coaches, there's so many choices with a lot of things out there. If let's say you were looking for a new coach, what's, what's a question you ask to that coach? What are the things you're looking for in that coach? I mean, how do you know between A, B, and C, which one to go with? So I start, first of all, with my needs. Like, where am I short? What do I need help with? What have you? And also where I want to go. And then I look towards the person 
that is either on the journey of to where I want to go and they're ahead of me or they're where I want to be and doing what I want to do. And that's what I look for. So let me tell you a quick story about Grant Cardone. Are you familiar with Grant? Yeah. So Grant Cardone is a mentor of mine. Um, I'm immersed in his content. I'm a licensee. Uh, he's writing the forward for my new book, Rocket Fuel. And um, my stepfather that stepped in when I was 11 years old, his name was George. He wasn't very good with money as far as making it, but he could stretch a, <laughs> stretch a dollar <laughs> a long way. But he was a very hard black and white kind of guy as far as do good, good happens, do bad, bad happens. And very hard on us, not physically, but like he would get on you if, if, if he thought something was wrong so that you could learn from it. He stepped in at 11 years old at, when I was 11, when I was in an impressionable age, getting ready to go into puberty. And who knows where I would be if I didn't have it, that at that moment. But George, throughout my life, he took my sister and I in, which we, we weren't his blood children. And just like his own and stood up and was committed. Now, 19, uh, February, January, January, 2019, he passed away suddenly from a heart attack. And I wasn't ready to give up mentor, a mentor. I needed someone like that still in my life. Um, I still think I do to this day, but anyway, right at that moment, I ran into Grant and my brother was reading the 10 X rule. And he said, Mike, you got to talk to this guy. Like you, you gotta, you gotta read this book. It sounds just like you. And so when I read it, it felt like, man, holy cow, this guy's talking to me. And I have an animal inside of me, Vinny, by the way, that I've caged up for years because I was worried about what people would think. I was worried about going over the line with things. And and I just felt real uncomfortable around people. Like they, they didn't get me or I, I, I was afraid to push people as hard as I pushed myself. And so what Grant did for me when I, when I just started immersing myself in his content and taking on mentorship from him, among others than his in his uh, organization was he gave me validity to be the animal that I am. And then I was able to unleash the beast. And what I, I didn't really realize what I was doing when I was caging myself up, I was hurting the people around me because I wasn't giving them all, all of me and all the value that I had to offer them to help develop them in their life relationships and business. So as far as your question goes, when you're searching for a coach or mentor, find somebody that's where you are or where you want to be or on the journey to where you want to be and then see if they're doing what you want to do. And just make sure they're legit based on um, ethics and morals and, and you know, ask people about them. That's what I did. And that's what I do in every area where I'm coached and uh, it's worked. So that's, I mean, I think it's great advice. I mean, that's, I mean, find someone that's on the path that you want to be at or in front of you so you can make it a little easier for yourself. I mean, this, this is the next part of the kind of the podcast where I kind of, I look back on who the person was. And I mean, a question that I have, because I mean, I also come from a divorced family and I know a lot of people, I think it's what 50% or might be higher now that are coming from divorced families. Do you, do you ever look at the idea who you would have, who you, who you would be if instead of going with your mom, if you would go with your dad? You know, I don't think so because I, I like, when I look back to the past, I use the past for uh, fuel rather than regret. And so I think that that would lead to some regret if I did that. And there's no value to me to it except to use it as fuel. Yeah. And so that's the way I look at it. I mean, I could sit here. There's so many stories I haven't even told things that I've been through and, and, and the people that I've been around and just, it just, I, if I think about it, it makes me sick to my stomach and, and here, and I already have enough fuel. Now, if I need to go find some fuel, cause I'm feel like I'm lacking, I will go to that place. So, but, so let me, let yeah. me rephrase this then. Let me rephrase yeah. it. Okay. If someone, let's say they're 
15, 14, 16, whatever it might be, right? 11 years old. And they're looking, they're, they're having to make a choice to go with their mother or their father. What kind of advice would you give them to make the right decision for, for them? I go back to the simple thought of, of, you know, making sure you're clear on what you want. And if you, you know, if you're a younger child or a teenager and you're not quite sure what you want to be or what you're going to end up wanting to be, don't worry about that. Worry about what you want to be now. Like if you have the choice right now, because it's going to evolve over time and the decisions you make and the thoughts you have and the words you say and the actions you take all lead towards where you want to go or where you don't want to go. So based on that, I would make the decision on mom or dad based on not what mom or dad want, because what mom or dad want is not your dreams and not what you want. And people, even close family members, Vinny, will take your dreams because they're trying to accomplish something or justify something. So to me, if you have the choice, because some kids don't have the choice, of course, but if they have the choice, pick the pick the parent that is going to guide you and lead you into the direction you want to go at the end of the day, because it's your life. Well, and even adding on to that, some people, it's not that they're, they're trying to hold you back. They just don't think it's possible. Right. I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. four minute mile. And then as soon as that one person did it, everyone started doing it. It's like same kind of thing. You don't know it's possible. So they're trying to protect you. Um, yeah, so yeah, exactly. That, no, no, no. But, but, but at the end of the day, if you have a choice and they're giving yeah. you a choice, yeah. then make sure it's because like, you know, the whole thing with that is this broken mindsets. There's a yeah. lot of broken mindsets and nothing's impossible. Really. It just hasn't been done yet. Yeah. So at the end of the day, you got to figure out what you want with no limitations. The way I do it is I pretend I'm in a, in a desert with a, with a genie hmm. and I'm, like I find a lamp and a genie comes out and I think, man, I get three to five wishes, anything I want. No limitations. What is what are those? And that's where I start. It's crazy. It's absolutely crazy. But that's where I start. And I'm like, okay, well, why can't I do that? I'm going to set the bar high. And then if I come up a little short, that's fine. But I'm going to set the bar high, unreasonable as I don't know what, because who's to say what's reasonable anyway? And uh, you know, it, it's done really well for me because I'm I'm came up from nothing. I never had anything handed to me except for that hundred dollar bill, which I didn't take. And I'm living here looking at the ocean. Um Side by a pool, and and I did all this because of my mindset going towards high thinking, and so that's why I just want to share that with other people. Well, you, you already know where the next question to go now. So you're in the desert, you have the genie. What are your three wishes today that maybe we can accomplish in five, 10, 15 years from now? First of all, I have a book coming out. Like I mentioned, I want to make that a bestseller to reach millions of people. I think this book is is. Um, well, I don't need to think. I know I know this book will impact millions of lives. So first of all, I want to get that out and get this concept out to as many people. In order for me to impact millions of people, I need to be known and to be a celebrity in the space. So ideally, what I want to be known as is the 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 rocket fuel guy, not the rocket man, but a rock. Hey, that's the rocket fuel guy. That's the guy that turns setbacks into rocket fuel. That's, that's that dude changed my life, and I want to be able to do that. Now, Grant, of course, isn't is my mentor because like I told you, when I choose my mentor, it's a person that's either on the journey of where I want to go or doing what I want to do. And so if you can think of what Grant Cardone's doing, I think that I can do that and then, and then take it even further. Um, so that's my ideal situation for my family. I would really like to live in a warm weather climate, 12, 12 months a year, or at least snowbird. And, uh, we're working well, what, on that right now, but what are you coming to San Diego? Uh, well, California taxes are ridiculous and I don't, I don't agree with that. So, um, and I don't agree. I don't agree with a lot of things in California, but, um, it's just, you know, we live in Maryland, which isn't, you know, isn't much better, but, um, I, I really would like to move to Florida, uh, honestly. And, uh, 
But there's some things that, you know, you got counter intentions and intentions and your counter intentions are stronger than your intentions that they, they win. So, <laughs> well, thank you uh, for being on the podcast. Uh, if you're listening right now and you want to get the book, uh, well, actually, what's the best platform for people listening right now that want to hear more about you, maybe the lending or the book or anything like that? Yeah. So what are you made of podcast is on all the major podcast platforms. But if you go to my Instagram page at Mikey C-Rock, M-I-K-E-Y-C-R-O-C, at Mikey C-Rock, you can check me out there. But um, the book right now is available for really, really inexpensive at Mike C-Rock with no K, MikeCrock.com forward slash book, MikeCrock.com forward slash book. Perfect. And we're going to have all the information in the description. So if you're watching on YouTube, or if you're listening to the podcast, um, I mean, iTunes, Google Play, anything like that, we'll have the description there. Thank you again, uh, Mike, for being on the podcast. Appreciate Hopefully you, everyone listening got some great information. Thank you for listening to The Road to Growth, Success of an Entrepreneur. Please like, subscribe, and stay connected. Visit www.TheEnriquezGroup.com. Yeah, I created a website. Hope to see you again next week. The Enriquez Group, signing off.